Burglar Suya. Oh, recording started. Now Look we're Nancy, now, now we're going to see. Now you hit the button. This is why I can't have nice things. Because <laughs> now you hit the button and now we're going and you weren't ready to go. It's okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the Talking Average Fitness Podcast, where we don't know what the hell we're doing. As always, I am your inept <laughs> host, Mr. Samuel Burns, joined by my ever faithful and beautifully bearded Mr. Kevin McCarthy. How are you today, sir? Uh, equally as inept. <laughs> equally, we, it's a good pairing, I guess. Yeah, equally, if not more. Um, I would have. I wouldn't even have any idea what to do with your button configuration. There, I'd be like, oh, hey, some buttons there, right? So, so just so that nobody thinks uh, Kevin's mind is in the gutter, at least any more than normal. Um, the buttons we're referring to. I got a little thing on my desk. That's like, hey, you know, push this button, it does this thing. So, like, when we record the podcast, I push a button, it records the podcast. It's great. <clears throat> well, um, it was not doing what I wanted it to do, and so I felt stupid because I'm sitting here, you know, pushing the button. And anyway, story of my life. Uh, we had a really, really nice little chat last time we were together, and it was all about stupid things people do. Uh, in fact, mm. the, the title of the episode was bullshit. Um, which is live now on Spotify and Apple and, and YouTube. Um, and in that vein, in the bullshit, in the bullshit vein, but not really kind of in the bullshit vein, but a little bit in the bullshit vein, a little bit, a little bit. Kevin's been itching to talk about this for uh, a while. So ready. I, here's the, here's how I would love to love to, to kick this off is consider me your um your cruise director so to so to speak you tell me what you want i'm gonna put it on the screen we're gonna we're gonna point out things as we rock and roll how's that sound that sounds amazing beautiful sounds amazing um so today guys we're gonna talk about something that i think we as crossfitters or maybe not even held to crossfitters people within the fitness community are addicted to and that is buying things that we think are going to make us better or fitter or more fashionable mm -hmm. or you know insert adjective here yep um i've made the joke multiple times probably on the podcast and i've said the sam multiple times where it's like if you tell a crossfitter that this insert objects for purchase here mm -hmm. if you tell crossfitters this will make you fitter like done business plan over you don't need anything more than that because crossfitters will do it if you said that pooping off the like a tree trunk in your backyard it would make you matt fraser guess what everybody would be doing tomorrow yeah it, the only way you could make more money beyond that is if you then added a leaderboard to see who spent the oh, most money, who spent, who has the most amount of, who did the most amount of poops over the fallen tree? <laughs> oh man, yes, You'd, that would probably be beneficial for multiple companies. Could be like fiber companies would be like sick, right? Let's get it. Um, so today we're going to talk about accessories and shit that you can buy that is either marketed to you to make you think you need it, or mm -hmm. for some reason you think you need it, or somewhere along the way a coach that may have been misinformed um, told you you need it or that it would help or something. We're going to talk about those things. Um, so did you have a like specific spot that you wanted to start, Sam, or are we just going to work our way through the whole gambit of things? You know, I think it's, it's probably, probably best to start with like the most egregious, like mm. ones that people would, you know, they could follow the logic and be like, yeah, that's probably not necessary, you know? Mm. So like, what's the, of the list of stuff that's in your head, what's the most obviously like, come on guy, did you really need to buy that? All right, here it's a, here, airwave mouthpiece. I'll come right out and say it because it's, it's the hot fucking thing now. As soon as everyone saw the little airwave mouthpiece dangling out of the side of Rich Froning's mouth, everyone got a boner, hopped on their website, and for 20 bucks, you too can look like a dingus um, and put on a mouth guard to work out. Now, with that said, with that said, <clears throat> I think like I've talked to a few people that use it, that have it, uh -huh. and for them, the only thing that I can 
wrap my head around as like, okay, it serves that purpose and maybe does it well yep. is if you have something like while they're lifting, yep. like grits their teeth and they like really like clamp down or grind their teeth, then mm -hmm. like a, it doesn't have to be an airwave, but then like a mouth guard of some kind mm -hmm. might be useful for you to clench down on and do the thing. But the whole thing of it increases your aerobic capacity. It helps you recover like in the moment while you're doing it. Like that's just a whole bunch of bullshit and baloney and all the rest. Um, because, okay, what's up? So peer-reviewed published research. Is there a link to the peer-reviewed published research? Because yep. if not, um, I will call bullshit. So the following is a collection of studies related to the airwave performance mouthpiece. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, right? So mm. uh, clinical, what is this? Uh, clinical and experimental dental research. Um, a publication in modern sports dentistry. Uh, Cogent Medicine. Jacob's Journal of Sports Medicine. Oh, the Academy of General Dentistry. And the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. Okay, so, so of of those, I heard about four dentists. So that would address <laughs> that would address the grinding teeth thing for sure. Um, would be my would be my guess. I really don't think where like I can't see and having having studied exercise science and I have I'm not just pulling stuff out of my booty hole. I paid a bunch of money for a piece of paper that says I know things. Yep. Um, <laughs> and I can't logically and with everything that I know and have learned wrap my head around how a $20 mouth guard that goes on your bottom set of teeth increases your ability to breathe or do better in workouts outside right. of a placebo effect where you say, well, if Rich wears it and he says it makes him better, then it must ipso facto here to therefore makes me better. Mm -hmm. um, because I think like placebo is a powerful, we can't discount the effectiveness of placebo. Um, because oh. placebo definitely does work for sure. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and for anyone who doesn't know, the, the placebo effect is the most documented positive effect in medical research, which is 1, why percent for so many things, um, one of the best things I ever heard was uh, the guy who wrote Why We Sleep, Dr. Matthew Walker. He was talking about things that help you sleep. And the thing in question was melatonin, right? And he said that a lot of people take melatonin and they take it incorrectly. And so they take it thinking that it's going to help them be sleepy, but that's not really the way melatonin works in the body. But he said, however, if when you take melatonin, you believe it's working, then you should keep taking it because the placebo effect will make it so that it works. Mm. So as Kevin's just, reading through, reading this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically what I'm getting from the, this is just the results, which is like a little, for those of you guys that may, may not be fluent in reading scientific publications, the result is basically just like the summary. Here's what we found. And here's, here's the major takeaways. Yeah. Um, what I'm getting is basically like compared, comparing mouthpiece use to no mouthpiece use. There's varying levels of reduction in cortisol mm -hmm. and free flowing cortisol post-workout and they took measurements 10 minutes post-workout mm -hmm. um i don't know because it doesn't say in here whether athletes left the mouthpiece in for the 10 minutes post oh and then had uh... the measurements taken or if they if mouthpiece came out at end of workout and then they before testing subjects were instructed to wear the mouthpiece during routine exercise sessions before the testing days uh da -da -da -da. additionally Wait, no wait. caffeine, no dairy. Um, I, what we're doing is we're reading through the protocol that was used to also passive drool saliva samples were collected from each of the subjects. That gross. Oh, I don't know how or why, um, but Sam went away. Um, he must have hit one of his fancy buttons. But if we were looking at that study of what was going on. If they're saying like a passive drool sample is taken during exercise, then the only thing that in, in my mind could mean is they had the mouthpiece in, but they're doing like a VO2 max reading. So they have, if you've never seen or done a VO2 max test or reading, it's an, um, 
incredible contraption, kind of looks like a Bane mask that goes on the front of your face strapped around your head that measures uh, your CO2 that comes out as you're, as you're breathing. Um, and based on that, a whole bunch of algorithms and calculations to figure out the, the volume of oxygen that your body can take in and utilize during exercise. So the, if you've never done one, there's a glorious little contraption at the bottom called the spit trap. Now, what that is, is as you're breathing out and doing a whole bunch of heavy, heavy exercise, the, because the tube is in your mouth, you can't close your mouth. So you're just drooling all over the place. And so it catches that. So my guess is what that little procedure that Sam was mentioning about the passive drool sample taken means that they were using a VO2 max sort of contraption on their face. It's okay. I've been, I've been keeping people entertained while you were Thank away. God. Um, and so I was just talking about, cause you said passive drool, like if you yeah. have a VO2 max test, you basically have a Bane mask on your face <laughs> and there's a spit trap that I'm guessing they're taking drool from that because mm. the only way they're measuring like oxygen CO2 stuff with the mouthpiece, they have to use a VO2 max right. thingy. So I was kind of explaining that to our tens of listeners yes. um, that may or may not be interested. Um, so that's the only way they can get the passive thing. Although there was something that as you were kind of scrolling through, mm-hmm. something that, I, that caught my eye really quickly is it said they used during testing a custom mouthpiece provided by a dentist. So they did not use an airwave mouthpiece for these tests. Oh. I, I caught that. I It was somewhere up. Uh, did I? Yes. Uh, identical bouts. Randomly, ass- randomly assigned the use assigned. of a custom fit mouthpiece. Okay. Okay. Well. So, fun That fact. is interesting. Debunked. Procedures. Debunked. Well, so for the customized mouthpiece by a sports dentist, Under Arbor Performance Mouthwear, Baltimore, Maryland. Mouthpiece was non-invasive and fits snugly and lowers individuals' lower set of teeth. Mouthpieces mm-hmm. arrived, individuals placed them in their mouth, and all fit with ease and comfortable. No low. Okay, cool. Okay. So not like a make or break deal, but when it comes to scientific studies and like finding like the validity of things, like details matter. And yeah. so the fact that Airwave is posting research on a device that's not an Airwave mouthpiece is interesting to me. I get what they're saying. It's still a lower jaw mouthpiece that is being used during this study um but one thing you will note uh, is that the claims made during this particular study now we haven't read all of them and we sure we probably won't read all of them because that would be an entire podcast itself for real but in the summary portion it said that the main takeaway was like immediately post-exercise and then 10 minutes (laughs) post-exercise Basically, what they were finding is lower levels of free-flowing cortisol mm-hmm. with the group that used the mouthpiece. Now, what that could mean is you're going to recover a bit quicker. You're going to go more from your fight or flight into rest and digest quicker, easier, a combination of the both. If you wear the mouthpiece is the major finding mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. What, like what the mechanism is to get there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we would have to like read through the entire study and break things down bit by bit, but it's claiming that essentially your recovery will be heightened because you get less cortisol. Yeah. I'm wondering if you would get a same effect doing a cool down. Right. You know, like just hop on a bike for 10 minutes at super submaximal pace and heart rate and you just let everything, mm-hmm. ne- you, you help everything come back down to earth as opposed to I finished Fran finished in two 30. I'm just going to hop in my car. Right. You know, like I'm wondering if a cool down would have a similar effect. So that's why whenever you're thinking like scientific stuff, what are the findings and then compared to what? So I'd be very interested if air, you know, airway, if someone did a study comparing an like a mouthpiece. Yeah. To just like a normal cool down. Yeah. And like see what the, because I would argue. And again, with my knowledge of physiology, that if you did, if they were wearing their mouthpiece for 10 minutes to help accelerate recovery versus someone who like did a 10 minute cool down to accelerate recovery, <clears throat> I feel like they'd be at a non-statistically relevant baseline come the end of those 10 minutes. Um, it would be my argument. So what I, what I think is interesting as a big takeaway here is there was no aerobic work performed. What were it's, they doing it, here? So, uh, oh, it helped if I could read. Yeah. So it was a 10 minute warm up, And this is what I was reading when I glitched oh, okay, gotcha. on the internet. So 10 minute warm up, 
of wood chops, reverse lunge and twist, chest press with a medicine ball, line hops, push-ups, and straight like deadlifts, right? And then everything after that was entirely resistance training. So, or, or, or body weight training. <clears throat> so three by three mm-hmm. uh, hang cleans, and then three by three at 75, 70 to 75%, 90 seconds rest, narrow grip deadlifts, which I don't understand. Like, does that mean not a snatch grip? What the fuck is a narrow grip deadlift? Uh, the world may never know. I don't know. Um, it's like how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Right. So three by five at seventy percent shoulder mobility exercises. Three by five single leg single leg overhead shoulder press at the maximum weight possible. I love that single leg overhead shoulder press. Next level variance here. If we're talking like you want to get fit, one rep max single leg overhead press. I mean, apparently, you know, crossover double unders weren't enough. So this is where we're headed. (laughs) And final 10 minutes of the workout session consisted of core exercises aimed at strengthening abdominal, oblique, and lumbar musculature. Okay, that's fantastic. And it sounds like a nice little little training sesh. I want to know how they knew what 70 to 75% of their narrow grip stiff like a deadlift was. Right? Jesus. Next max that day. Narrow grip stiff like a deadlift. And I look at stuff like this and I'm like, okay, the people who wrote this, do you train? Or no. did you just Google a bunch of things? That one. Yeah. <laughs> that other it's, one. Well, because the thing is, if you're a strength and conditioning coach or you yeah. work in, you know, if you're a CrossFit coach, whatever, yeah. you probably, I'm not going to say you don't, most likely you don't have access to a lab with mm-hmm. which to test this shit. So like protocols, if, if something's going to come out from like a top, top lab, then they probably will have physiologists running it. Yeah. Um, I know that my professor in college, Justin Carlstrom, he was the physio for the U S Olympic ski team for years. So they would play with all their athletes in the lab and have fun with stuff. Um, and he like, but he was a PhD physio doing the thing. So he knows the deal, but if you're trying to test something or if you have a company, so it was an under armor mouthpiece. So my guess is under armor paid uh-huh. Harvard lab to right. run, to run this test. You pay them, run this test, test this shit, whatever. And so now you have your lab people who may or may not have ever worked out a day in their life go like, okay, we have to now test an exercise thing. Do you know what exercise is? Do you know? No? Okay, cool. Use the Google machine. And that's not to be mean to people in the scientific community because they are amazing human beings. However, you don't know what you don't know, but you have to do the best you can when the, the fat paycheck comes in and says, test this. Yeah. So... Fun stuff. So yeah. airwave mouthpiece, my first, my first gripe. Don't need it. <laughs> but I know that Sam, but I know that Sam uses one. I do. Right? And so hence my, what's, what's, what's the value that you find in it? Like what, what do you find it does for you? Like from, I know this isn't a study, but like anecdote is worth something. What's your experience with an airwave? So hence my subtitle of I bought it first. Um, <laughs> most of the stuff we're going to talk about, I own. A hundred percent. We've been there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. My experience with it is, I would say I've used it often enough now that when I don't have it, I notice that I have to, like the nice thing about it is I can just relax my jaw or like, you know, I can choose to breathe nasally or I can just breathe and there's always some kind of open channel in my mouth. Um, Mm. I don't know that like I've ever had an issue clenching teeth you know I'm a little bit more of a like a Sarah Sigmund's daughter I'm an open mouth lifter rather than a closed mouth <laughs> lifter yeah. um, and so I from like a teeth clenching perspective there's never been anything but I do know that having like especially like I'm thinking like intervals on the on the echo bike or something like that mm. having it's almost like a, like a fidget toy, but in my mouth. Yeah, it's like something for you to focus on. Yes, yes, yeah. and that okay. is tangible. Like not having that to focus on, and I just have to be be with myself. Is there's a difference if I can focus on being like, okay, I'm gonna bite this thing. I like when I bite it, I can feel my jaw yeah. lever, and I can feel my airway open up. Um, and so I I will like make it a part of the process of working through it where it's like bite, count breaths, establish a 
like a pace Rhythm, and yeah. keep, exactly and keep it going. That's my cool. experience with it. And I, I think that's, that is incredibly valuable. If you, if you, so again, a little disclaimer for everything we're going to say here, Yes, Sam, like if anything that we're going to make fun of and poke fun of and say, you don't need me and Sam have, um, or have used in the past. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's why we can speak on it because we've used it. We've been there. Except um, P-Volve. <laughs> well, that's true. Yet. 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 Um, and so, uh, like we've used it, we've done it. We, we have it in the gym bag. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to say that all these things are completely useless. Like Sam said, if he buys an airwave yep. and he finds value in the sense that like, while he's absolutely crushing himself and dying a little bit on the echo bike, yep. biting down his airwave gives him a, a, something to focus on yep. and hone in on aside from, I want someone to chop my legs off. Um, then that's valuable and that yeah. that's going to allow Sam to be better. So like, I'm not saying that like no one can ever use or find value in an airwave. Absolutely. It's just not necessary to do the thing. Yeah. Um, like if Sam were to do intervals on an echo bike without his airwave, he would be fine. He would get fitter. Yeah. Life would move on. Absolutely. And we'd be all good in the hood. So yeah. um, that's first one. Um, right. What's second next? one? What do you, I've... what do you got? I just, I just put my biggest one. What's your oh. biggest one? Hit me. Hit me. Man, okay, so let me uh let me pull it up here. I feel like I know what it might it might be. But... I, I, I love maybe. Um I might, I might. Here we go. I'm gonna poke this on over here. Present. And boom. Oh yeah. Yep. And this is this is coming from a guy who, like, when I squat heavy, I wear knee sleeves. Um, yep. And I'm very conscious of knee health. I'm very conscious of, like, like knees over toe protocol. Like, no joke, rebuilt my knee after my yep. patellar tendinopathy. Um, but are they necessary? 100% not. And now it doesn't mean that they don't feel good. And especially right. people with, like, pre-existing knee issues and, like, you feel better when joints feel warmer, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. I think the thing with knee sleeves is it's like warming up with a hoodie on. Yep. You get warmer quicker, you know, yep. and you don't cool down. And like with a joint like your knee, and a lot of times I think what happens with knees, knees, hips, backs, uh, shoulders is people get pain averse. And mm-hmm. Because they're so, and I, I've experienced this as well, that they're so conscious and mindful of trying to avoid the thing that causes pain that it alters how they do the movement. Yep. And then they end up in a non, <clears throat> pardon me, a, uh, a non-optimal movement position, and then it ends up compromising that joint further maybe. Whereas psychologically, if my knees feel warm, I feel confident. If I feel confident, I'm going to keep a better position. I'm not going to move and like fucking contort my body in some weird way to avoid a pain that might not come. Um, and also in the wintertime or like lunges, like mm-hmm. anytime. Oh, necessary for lunges. If you're Herpes. doing, if you're doing also like Herpes. walking, walking, okay, I could see that. Um, <clears throat> for, for walk, if you're doing lunges, walking lunges, anything, I just use my kneecap as a spring. So, um, <laughs> not really, not really, but it gives like that little extra bit, of <laughs> little extra bit of padding as like, as your knee touches the floor, Absolutely. So it's not just like kneecap to, to floor. Um, but I a hundred percent get, if, if you live anywhere, you know, we, we live in the Northeast, yep. it's cold as hell for a while. Mm-hmm. Knee sleeves are something, especially if I'm going for, for me, it was like, if I was going for like a heavy squat or heavy clean yeah, and it's, you know, in the winter, especially, but also like year round, if I'm going for like a heavy, something like you said, having that on there, knowing the joints are warm, like Absolutely. the knee sleeves are not going to fully protect you. <laughs> it's not going to fix your shitty movement. Um, but if having those on there gives you the confidence to hit your movements well, then I think that you know, yep. Same bucket. I know where you're going. Yep. So this was my two choices. I was, I was, when you said, um, I have my first one, I was in my head between knee sleeves and wrist straps. Yeah. Um, but 
the knee sleeves for me for like the heavy clean, heavy back squat would give me that confidence. Like, yep, I can hit this and like feel good about it. Mm -hmm. But also, especially during the winter where it's like, okay, it's negative 10 degrees. So inside the walls, of the gym, it's like maybe 37. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You, and, you're, <laughs> and you're doing some lifting, like having your knees be warm or give you that confidence to, okay, I'm not going to literally shoot my kneecaps into the wall in front of me while I do this front squat. Absolutely. Um, it makes you feel better. Um, yeah. but not necessary for doing the thing. Yeah. By any and, means. So, and at wrist wraps, go right along with that. Like I yep. will put on wraps if I'm, if I'm max load overhead, mm. I will put on wrist wraps. So like heavy clean and jerks, heavy, strict press. Um, I think, <clears throat> and this is, you know, I think you touched on it really well when you said it's not a substitute for better movement. Like nope. if I'm using the wrist wrap, but not paying attention. So like bench press is a great example, right? So here's my hand. One of the best ways I ever heard it described is same thing with the over, um, with the overhead squat. You know, if you look at your hand kind of like a J hook, right? So yep. here at the side, I make this, I've got my, my wrist bone directly over my elbow. I set the bar in the middle. It's going to run this way along my hand, along the meat of my palm. So there's the maximum square footage possible of my hand touching it. And then I'm going to close my hand. When I close my hand, if I hold it from the side here, what you see is my wrist stacked, like my the center of my palm stacked over my wrist, stacked over my elbow. I am not letting this happen where I am mm -hmm. letting the wrist crank back behind me. It's the yep. same thing on a bench press, same thing on an overhead squat. <clears throat> and so if you're going into an overhead squat or a bench press and you're, or like a strict press, and you're hoping that this is going to prevent this from being painful, that's not the way things work. It, it might help a little bit because it physically inhibits the yep. distance that that joint can travel, but it doesn't change the fact that like lifting with your wrist broken like this is like squatting with your knees driving in. Don't do it. Um, yeah. and, and to coaches out there, like, don't just recommend that people go and buy wrist wraps, like fix their wrist position, get sideways, yep. look at them from the side. Yeah, sure. Make sure the bars, you know, centered about the midfoot and all that stuff, but also like, look at their fucking wrist. If their wrist is cranked back and they're yep. complaining about the fact that it hurts, fix it. Yeah. Whack and that, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that, you know, with in, in regards to wrist wraps is when people are first starting CrossFit and they've yeah. never done any sort of fitness or training and they start to get a bar overhead yep. or they're pressing with a bar or anything yep. like that, that might put their wrist into that flexed position. Uh -huh. I don't know why you need wrist wraps for a safety bar squat. I don't I'm, know what rogue is doing here. That's I, incredible. I, that's a really great question. They're not even on, they're not even tight right now. You can tell the way it's wrapped. Um, yeah. fan fantastic. Anyways, <laughs> although this is, this is a good indication of, yeah. of how it should be used. So like what we're looking yeah. at here is there's an athlete who is, uh, doing a bench press. Um, yeah. they, they have multiple colored plates on there. So that's, a, that looks heavy. Absolutely. So they've got the wrap up around the wrist joint, right? So it's not down on the lower it's on their, forearm. It's not like, yeah, it's not on their forearm below their wrist. Exactly. It's like actually up around their wrist. Yes. And so the only way that'll work is if you don't let your and wrist, your bend, wrist. right? So this, yep. this guy has this bar stacked about the middle of his palm, which is stacked directly over his wrist, which is stacked directly over his elbow. That is a functional use for the wrist wrap. And when yep. you've got power lifters benching 300, 400 pounds, that's a legitimate use for that device. Um, but the thing that I think is detrimental is, and so you have a new member come into your gym, they've never done CrossFit, they start to now handle a barbell overhead doing bench mm. presses, whatever, mm -hmm. and they hold the bar more towards the, the joint of their fingers. And so yeah. their wrist cranks back this way and they're like, ow, my wrist hurts. And this isn't like, uh, intentional sabotage mm. on some people's parts, but new member says, ow, my wrist hurts. And Sam being the good Samaritan that he is goes, you know what helped me when my wrist hurts wrist wraps. Yeah. So now new member goes, ah, that's what I need wrist yeah. wraps. 
So they go on to Rogue. They order a pair of wrist straps that match their best friends or is their favorite color. Mm-hmm. And now they have wrist straps. And then every time we're doing like we're doing thrusters at 75 pounds. Everybody's got wrist straps on. Already. I'm like, I'm like, guys, it's not a heavy barbell. Yeah. You don't need a wrist. Like, let your wrists get stronger. Obviously, uh-huh. in a advantageous position would be best. Yeah. But if you if new person coming into CrossFit has been doing CrossFit for less than a month and they just start slapping wrist straps, wrist straps on everything, mm-hmm. guess what's never going to get stronger? Yeah. And then when they go to work out and they don't have their wrist straps, they're like, I can't do it because yeah. my wrists are very weak. Right. So that's, and same, same thing could be said for like knee sleeves or like, Oh, Hey, like my knees are bugging me a little bit. And they're like, Oh, like I just get some knee sleeves. You'll be good. And you know, it's not ill intentioned by the, the, cause usually those suggestions come from members, yeah. like their friends in the gym. Um, and we're trying to help each other out. Yep. It's, it's, it's with the best of intentions. You're trying to help your buddy Absolutely. do the thing by saying, get some wrist straps uh, and some knee sleeves. And this is where the CrossFit gear addiction comes from yep and starts all right so you what's know? next on your list lifters whole... lifters i said what i said okay come at do you me mean at... lifter so 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 which is yeah. your of all of these the lift they got the legacy lifter three now jesus i'm old yeah well you know um so out of all these which one's the worst all of them um <laughs> Uh, listen, it's so, cause he, so here's why, and here's, okay. here's my thing again, not that lifters are not useful. Yep. I can, I competed in Olympic weightlifting for two years. There you go. Um, I, you know, and, and not without minor success in, in the two or three meets I did, I came in third each one. I was two kilos shy of qualifying for nationals on my last one. Oh, damn. Um, and, and it was, it was that Tall failure that, that then pushed me to CrossFit. Um, because I was feeling dejected from losing or not getting qualifying for nationals. Right. And all my friends were at our off campus house doing muscle ups and running around and doing stuff. And I was like, well, that's fun over there. So I'm gonna go have fun with my friends instead of lifting by myself. Right. Um, so anyways, so I used Olympic weight lifting shoes exclusively mm-hmm. for two years. Couldn't catch me in a pair of nanos lifters <laughs> only. And here's, like... and here's what, happened Mm. as i was using lifters you can start to use them as a crutch for your shitty movement patterns i was not a great squatter okay thank you yeah so i i was not a great squatter i like my movement patterns were okay at best i didn't pay much attention to mobility because Mm -hmm. i was young enough that i could get away with just beating my body into a pulp and be fine so using lifting shoes what then happened is as soon as i then transitioned into more crossfit stuff mm-hmm. take the lifters away i'm now on my toes you could fit an entire stack of printer paper <laughs> beneath my heels because i was so used to i've built a movement pattern in this way yeah now if you're there are competitive olympic weightlifters that they take care of the mobility they take care of their bodies they manage the whole thing you know they might warm up in flat shoes and do their working sets in lifters Mm -hmm. they are flat they're stable they're heavy you will feel like you are rooted to the fucking floor and the most stable you've ever been they are phenomenal at that but if we are just talking about getting fit being healthy and like having a good workout in the gym you do not need olympic weightlifting shoes your life would probably benefit more from you learning to squat better than chuck on a pair of lifters so that your heels lift up so you can drive your knees further forward and keep your chest up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just my thought on them. They're not necessary by any means. Are they useful? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, Are they necessary? Absolutely not. Because I, I have this like weird, weird flex, What? but, Oh, is it like the little pump thing? So it makes yes. it tight around the top of your foot. Wow. Look Bringing it back. Um, but are they necessary? Absolutely not. This is kind of a weird flex, but I'm going to chuck it out there. I have sure. PR'd my snatch before in a pair of flip-flops. There you go. So. Well, and I, I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a flex. I think that's important 
to like in a pair of flip-flops, you were probably like, I'm going to fucking haul on this bar. Yeah. Well, it was also like I had worked on my squat to the point where like I was now a good squatter and I could squat well and every, like I could keep my heels down and everything's, you know, working well, but a hundred percent, I'm like, I'm going to like put everything into my pull and rather than like coming up on my toes at the top of my pull, I'm going to like push, push my you know hips up and shoulders to where right. like just more aggressive extension, but kind of heels more down. Yeah. Um, so that I'm in, and, and again, like it's, um, you know, again, it's not like a, a shitload of weight that I was doing there. Are obviously people that can snatch more, but like it was a two thirty five snatch and flip flops. Yeah. But I mean, so. it's never nothing you wear. No. Will ever outdo you trying nope. harder. Nope. And like, nope, not a thing. It doesn't matter if it's an airwave. Like, airwaves are great if you can, while you wear the airwave, tell yourself, "I'm not gonna stop." Yep. You know, if you if you just chuck that in there, thinking it's gonna make you Superman, absolutely. And then it then it ain't happening for you. Um. Okay, your next one. Oh, it's my next one. (sighs) Yeah, we're gonna go back and forth here. Okay. Way down the list of stuff. If. Anything can count as an accessory. Anything that someone can buy that is going to make them think they're getting better. It doesn't have to be like a clothing, you know, something you put on your body related thing. I, so when I start to get into stuff like this, it's mm. like, what's the weird stuff? Ooh, instability. The right? ab mat with the butt crack. Yeah, like the ab wheel. <laughs> um, a BOSU ball is a classic example. Also, they have mm. like, what two hundred dollars for a boso boso ball? God damn! Is that is that the half one too? Like it's the one with the flat flat one, the the black one? Yeah, they're all yeah, same thing. Wow. Yeah, uh, the what the hell is this? The Stroops tomahawk sack? Oh, I which... know what you're doing with that. I know what you're doing. You're holding onto the rope and you're doing one of these. Oh, you <laughs> like you're a, for, <laughs> like you're a Viking. For those, <laughs> for those of you that don't have the pleasure of viewing, I was doing this. Yes. <laughs> if you can't see this is what i was doing <laughs> this is what i was doing <laughs> uh basically it's 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 a weighted ball yeah not a medicine ball like a d-ball like a 10 pound d-ball okay. that's basically attached to the end of the rope and you swing it around like a lasso type yeah. thing uh, with double arms i would imagine but um but it's basically oh, oh. what is that the, uh, so I have no idea. That looks like the thing you used to that like the old fashioned like paint the lines on the field deal. That's what that looks like. It is. You know what I'm talking about though? The yeah. lawnmower that was the paint sprayer. So a parent, how does this work? Is it a stationary? What, what even is it? Is I think it it's, it's, it's a resistance, uh, redefining acceleration training for the modern athlete, natural resistance training for users of any size is a precision built to mimic the genuine experience of free running. Oh, so it's a flywheel. It's a weighted flywheel for running. So you oh. you get yourself in a harness and okay. then you run. You, and you take off on that thing. Yes. It's a more expensive version of the parachute. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I think I, I could see that. It's weird, but I could see that having like a really specific application for like track athletes. Here, here's, here's the thing it like talk about a niche piece of equipment. I I would like to think that almost any part of this $1,599 piece of equipment could be accomplished with a piece of rope and, or a tire. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, and like I'd, don't, I'd, don't I'd, be I wrong. So. Like this is obviously a well-engineered piece of equipment. Like somebody put a lot of effort into this, and, and like fantastic marketing. Yeah. And, For those of uh, you guys that aren't watching, this is a torque tank. Yes. Yeah. Torque tank. Sorry. Um, it's okay. But they also sleds. So they have they have a bunch of these. Or these. So I, that 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 flywheel thing that we watched or yeah. saw that yeah. like I could see again funky, not necessary by any means because we're talking general fitness. But that could be a really like unique and fun piece of equipment if you're like working with high level track athletes or something like like a running back or something where like just explosive speed off of a start 
yeah. had to be worked on, like to add resistance to that. That could be a really funky, again, super niche, not necessary by any means, unless you're trying to break Usain Bolt's record right. on the 100 meter sprint. You don't, I mean, Usain Bolt set the record without the use of said weighted flywheel thingy. Right. So at, he was running. I don't know if you've ever, they, were, they did a documentary on Usain Bolt. I don't know if you've ever seen it where like you're watching him. It was like before his, uh, the 2012 Olympics, I Probably. think. Yeah. So it was like documentary, like, you know, over the, the couple years of training before that. And he's literally with his track coach on it, like the shittiest soccer field you can imagine in Jamaica, like lumpy, muddy, whatever. And he's literally just got a pair of cleats on. Yeah. Like not his track spikes. Cause you, you can't on that surface. Like it's made just for a track. Yeah. And they're just, they're just running like the length of the field. And all he's doing is he's like, he's got a harness on him mm-hmm. and he's dragging. I don't even know if you could call it a sled. He's dragging. Like they basically just looped a rope through like a weight plate. And yep. he's just dragging this thing just back and forth. The if you if it's a proper soccer field, it's 120 yards long meters. Oh. Um, so he's just doing 120 meter just back, or it might have been less than. That, but he's basically going back and forth across the field, wow. just dragging like a 25 pound plate that's attached to a rope and tied to his underpants. And he's just pff, off he got. And that's the fastest human to ever do it. So you don't need a lot to to make it happen but that could have been a that could be a funky piece of equipment if you're you know it's basically that's that's the um even drago to usain bolt's dragging a plate around a soccer field that's the even drago version is the the flywheel if you don't want to know who even drago is start with rocky one work your way forward (laughs) just in case you didn't know um Hang on, group accessory kit. So there's a whole bunch of accessories for this torque tank. What is that? Oh, it's torque tank. Okay. Accessory. Yeah, this is all torque tank stuff. So this this torque tank, they have a torque fitness tank MX. It's $2,499. Oh. Like, obviously, this is a well-engineered piece of something or other. Like, the legs, come, the arms come out and they fold in. And like, and then there's this dude You can push like, two of them. I guess. <laughs> Which I didn't for some reason. I didn't think that would be important, but apparently it's important. And then, you know, you now you're pulling it, and so like all of yeah, like also yeah. the rope for this is hundred and nineteen dollars. Like, must be a, what the a fuck? Great fucking rope. Yeah, right. That that rope better cure cancer. Um, uh, it might. I'd, yeah, who knows? So have I, they tested it. Uh, <laughs> this is a. You don't know that it doesn't. This exactly. Is, that. Here we get into like again talk about super niche things for someone. Like, I know a dude who owns one of these things, mm-hmm. and he trains regularly. He used it to rehab his knees, and, like, he does real well for himself. So it's not a big deal for him to spend 1500 or $2,500 on a niche piece of equipment. Now, I'm there might be some people in my own personal orbit who financially speaking for them, 15 to $2,500 is not a lot of money. And so they look at something like this and they're like, yeah, I'll use this once a month. That'll be good. And then they just buy it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I would never look at you and be like, that's a bad move. Don't be that guy. Um, yeah. What I would say is if you came to me and you were, you were one of my athletes or one of my clients and you said, Hey, I saw this thing. Is it going to help me get to X, Y, or Z? Unless you're trying to be the 1% of X, Y, or Z, whatever it ends up being, it's probably not going to get there as better, uh, get you there as efficiently as other things that are more under our control. Like, Mm. are you training consistently? Are you eating right for the volume of your training that you're doing a, and then for your output or your goal B, are you sleeping appropriately, right? Like, are you trying to bite off too much in your training sessions or, you know, can we, are you not doing enough? And so that's why you're not seeing the gains that you want to, how long Mm -hmm. have you been training for? You're like, you're three weeks into a 12 week cycle and you're bored already. And so you're wondering, you look, you got like shiny object syndrome and you want to buy a thing and hope it's going to solve your problem, you know? Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to get us there. Now, no. Would I like to play with this thing? Absolutely. Oh, it it would be 
I could see this being absolutely disgusting because you can increase resistance settings on the wheels to basically make it so you're pushing that bitch in mud. Yeah. Um, and so that's what they should call the levels. Next, next level marketing, here's where my head goes. You're like, all right, you're pushing it on pavement, you're pushing it on sand, you're pushing it on mud, pushing it on quicksand. quicksand. Um, yeah. yeah. So you put it to the quicksand setting, do an assault bike sprint, then push that <gasps> bitch 50 feet. Oh. <gasps> repeat until you feel like you've gotten your money's worth all right all right so i feel like i feel like we've got something good here right okay i want to flip the script we're the tail end of the podcast here i want to flip the script yep what is something that is a hundred percent unnecessary that you absolutely love Ooh, because i know my percent honest Ooh, 100 percent unnecessary that i absolutely love yeah um when we say unnecessary like you don't need don't need it at all or it's just don't a version of something that's like either you could have got you could have gotten it for way cheaper either and, or you have a have a special one oh fudge because i know mine i need to think you go okay <laughs> i need to think about my useless thing uh this okay so my wife got me this for christmas Right. Oh, I know what that is. So for people who can't okay. see, this yeah. is a, a whiteboard that clips onto a rogue upright. So I've got a I've got a um an infinity yoke um from Kev O'Donnell uh from Reebok. I bought it off him. It sits in my garage and that's my squat stand. And I was like, I you know, I have a whiteboard, but this is nice because it's right there. And it's it's totally fucking superfluous. Like this is an unnecessary thing. Yeah. But my wife wanted to get it for me, right? And so she's like, Would you use this? I said, Of course I would use this, honey. Of course. Yeah. I got it. I'm I'm looking at this thing. I'm like, ah, oh, this is nice little whiteboard, plastic and eclipse right on. Mm-mm. No. This thing is cast iron. It is yep. made of the same material as the as squat the stand. Yes. Yeah. And when I got it, I was like, oh, this is so much cooler automatically because it's made yeah. out of cast it's iron. metal. <laughs> it's, literally, it's so metal. And yeah. so it's so satisfying to just be like, clank, chunk, and then to write on that bitch. Yeah. 100% not <laughs> necessary. And I've got a whiteboard that just like yeah. hangs out on the floor, and I'll yeah. use that, but... I make sure to use this because it's that satisfying. So I like quick little story for the office in CrossFit Boston. I don't know if they still have it. It may have. So Lachlan got one of the big ones. So like it spanned the whole desk. Oh, wow. And he, and he basically put like a piece of rig on rolly wheels, a rig upright, and then bolted a big one of that to it and like made a standing desk so when i say it was like it was big i mean it was probably five or six feet wide wow. and then like a three or so three to three and a half feet like tall yeah so it was a big i don't know if you got it from rogue hmm. but it but it was like that it was metal the thing was heavy and when it's so like he again he basically yep. made a rolling standing desk off of rig uprights that mm -hmm. he bolted to like rolling wheels, basically like it was a portable rig thing. Right. The rig uprights, then he put um, on the rig upright, like bolted the whiteboard to it. So it gave it some structure because it was bolt top and bottom. Right. And then he put like, you know, the spotter arms on a yeah. rig. So spotter arms and then bolted to that a piece of hardwood to make the desk. Oh, so Dang. Lachlan, so Lachlan built one of those. It was the most incredible thing, little standing desk and a thing. And the whiteboard was like, oh, it's pristine. Mm. Um, it was you get some crisp chisel edge expo markers on that thing. Oh, so it's the little things. When you're coaching fitness, it's the little things. Eating yeah. a new vacuum was the best day in the entire world. Oh, right. Um, and, <laughs> new, new package of expo markers. Yeah. Oh, the best. When and you, fresh, you take all crisp. of the blacks and like you hoard them. Yes. Yeah, like... So we do. That's what we do here because we had uh, when I when I first started here at Tilt, we had black markers that we just put them on the whiteboard, like the little cup mm -hmm. thingy for the so the little bottom rail. They were up there with all the markers, and the thing are, is, people either didn't click the marker all the way shut yeah sent me or 
it's left on the floor. I find it three classes later with the cap off. Yeah. Like just on the floor by a mini whiteboard. And so uh, we made a thing. We're like, okay, the colored markers, you guys can just fuck them up straight to hell. There you go. But the black yeah. marker, so me and Colin have one, we're like there's a pack of them in the office no one can use, but we have yes. one black marker that in the morning, I take it from the desk. I put it in my pocket. No yeah. one touches it but me. When Colin comes in, I hand him the talking stick. <laughs> And then he now has the black marker and he can go on, you know, go forth and be awesome. And then it goes in his pocket. No one touches it because I don't trust people with my black markers. Hilarious. Um, anyways, so I found what my, my useless thing is. Um, okay. That's completely not necessary by any means. It's the blue mobility wad ball. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I so because I'm me um, and I, I may have done this on mistake. I may have done it on purpose. It was so long ago, I don't remember. But I got both sizes. One of them's like a lacrosse oh, ball, yeah. and one of them's like a softball or like a grapefruit. That Ooh. thing. So I got, I have two of those, one small, one big. Yep. Um, they are my blue balls. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so they're not necessary by any means. They do the same exact thing as a foam roller or a lacrosse ball would do. The argument for this and the design of it and like all the little ridges everywhere is that when you sit your muscle on it and you move it it like helps to pull apart layers of fascia does it do that i have no idea it's probably about as likely to do that as an airwave is to increase your aerobic capacity yeah but at the time i was like "Ooh, this is fun and k-star was running the show of anything to do with mobility ramwad didn't exist yet um but, but the mobility wad was the thing yep and i was like this guy's smart i'm gonna buy his shit so i bought his book and the two blue balls and started rocking and rolling with it um i still have them i use them but it's like i could get the same thing with the the biggest thing is like they're portable so like i'll put them in my backpack if we're traveling for a while i'll take the small one chuck it in the backpack so that i have because then i can do some mobility stuff if things are feeling tight you sit on a plane for six hours you're like you know i'm gonna shove this thing in the butt um but uh, you can do the same thing with a foam roller or a normal lacrosse ball, and that it's absolutely fine. So that would be my thing that's not useless, but I have. Yeah. Well, this is, as always, this is a lot of fun. Unfortunately, I have I have run out of time. I got to go to another meeting. Um, gotcha. But for those of you who have been playing along at home. Um, you probably don't need knee sleeves or lifters, though we absolutely understand why you might want them. And or a belt. Or a belt, or a belt, or a be belt. your own belt. Um, be your own belt. Learn to brace. Learn to brace. That's still important. If you're not bracing, yeah. then the belt isn't doing anything. That's really important. It's not, yeah, it's not doing anything that. anyways if you haven't braced. <laughs> Let's talk about that next time. Okay, um, great. As always, thank you for playing along. Kevin, it's always a pleasure seeing your face, my friend. Always. All right. Go forth. Be well.